You're listening to the Racing Virginia Podcast. Now, here are your hosts. And welcome to the new and improved Racing Virginia Podcast. Uh, I, I guess I can say that. Improved? <laughs> I, got a new, I got a new co-host, folks. He is, of course, uh, he works here, obviously, at, at Richmond Raceway as well. I don't even know what your title is anymore. Uh, yet to, to be determined. To be determined, okay. Let's go with that. Uh, he, but uh, he was the, uh, he's... Uh, Currently, the well senior manager of digital, digital strategy, strategy at Richmond, Richmond Raceway. Raceway. He is Brandon Brown. You've heard him on the show uh, several times. Well, he is going to be my new sidekick, my new my new podcast co-host. Pretty cool. It is. I went to broadcasting school. I haven't used a lot of this stuff <laughs> in a long time. Now. <laughs> this is actually what I wanted oh. to do when I when I grew up, but uh, but I ended up doing social media and different stuff instead. So. Well, this is going to be an this is going to be fun. This is going to be uh, an interesting reboot. Um, we're go- probably going to this is going to be a rough a rough show. I'm going to tell you right off this off the bat, it's probably going to be a little rough um, because we're still fine tuning what we do and how we want to do it. We're going to have more segments. Um, speaking of um, uh, our guests today, uh, Clay Campbell, uh, president of Martinsville Speedway, and he's also uh, over the uh, Mid Atlantic uh, tracks for for NASCAR, yep. which is uh, Richmond Raceway, Martinsville, and Darlington. Uh, he's been that for quite a while. Which is where technically I work now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, we're and then we're going to have uh, Brandon Brown. Uh, he is the driver of the number 68 Xfinity Series car. Episode 68. Yeah. Might as well have the number 68 on here, right? Driver 68. Uh, let's see. Who else we, who we else we got? Anyway, got story time with Randy Holman. Randy Holman. Long time uh, sports writer covering uh, NASCAR and motorsports around Virginia for Seems like forever. Yeah. Guy knows more than pretty much anybody. Yeah. Uh, Logan Roberson uh, out of Dooms, Virginia. He's a uh, dirt late model driver. He just picked up his first super late model win. Uh, We've got uh, uh, one of our team racing Virginia drivers, Grayson Cullither, uh, drives the number two asphalt late model, um, former uh, rookie of the year at Southside Speedway, currently working with uh, Brandon Butler and Timmy Tyrell, another team racing Virginia driver, um, as they prepare Minnie's cars for the car tour, cars tour. Um, and then, who knows, we may throw something else up there. You know, I want to call Vaughn. I really do. Really? I don't know why, but he has this new thing called the vault, and I guess we need to talk. Yeah. You know, and he is the new promoter of Langley Speedway. I guess we should probably call him. So he is a very important person in racing Virginia. So. I think he's, you know, he probably has got a big head now. Yeah, what do you want Wait a minute, he about? always had a big head. What am yeah. I talking about? I'm just kidding. No, uh, maybe we'll get, we'll get a chance. If, if, if this doesn't go too long today, maybe we'll uh, <laughs> maybe we will uh, call Vaughn. But, uh, hey, let's go straight to the phone lines, the whosyourdriver.org uh, phone lines, and talk to our first guest. I, I, I'm, I guess I can call him friend. I've known him for a long time. Used to work for him <laughs> uh, many, many moons ago as an announcer um, for the uh, then Taco Bell 300. Of course, he is the uh, president at Martinsville Speedway. He is one hell of a race car driver. I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah. Uh, he is a hell of a pilot as well. I, I did not know that. <laughs> did not know uh, that. And in fact, he is. Um, he's got a pilot's license for different kinds of 
uh, uh, airplanes. But we'll, we we don't need to talk about that. Started working <laughs> started working in Martinsville in 1978 for his grandfather uh, Clay Earls. He is none other than uh, the president of Martinsville Speedway, Clay Campbell. How you doing, Clay? Hey, Dave. I'm doing great. Good to be with you and Brandon. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity. And I uh, just sitting back enjoying the intro there. That, that was pretty good. <laughs> I didn't even know some of that stuff myself. Yeah, he, <laughs> he played great pl- driver part. <laughs> <laughs> he played you up pretty well, didn't he? Yeah, uh, he did. I mean, checks in the mail, okay? Oh, hey, when's the last time you were in a race car? Last time I was in a race car? Oh, probably... It's been at least four or five years. At uh, I guess Talladega was my last one. Well, the I would. Last, yeah. The last two years of my uh, whatever kind of career you want yeah. to call it, driving, <laughs> I drove for Schrader. Yeah. <laughs> I drove for Ken Schrader yeah. and the Arca. So just Daytona and Talladega. That's the only two races we did. So that was my last two years. Well, uh, obviously, with your current uh, position um, in overseeing the um, Mid Atlantic tracks, which would be uh, Richmond, Martinsville, and uh, Darlington, uh, I think you have quite a bit to do anyway. Yeah, I got a full plate, and uh, you know, I, I always knew which side of the fence I belonged on, and that, that's that's I'm going to stick to right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, it, it, this is a pretty you un- uh, obviously with all this COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, a lot of different changes, uh, um, a lot of different ways of doing things. Man, to have a race with no fans, it just seems. Just doesn't seem like Martinsville, but it is Martinsville. Yeah, and, and we're really looking forward to it. The first night race at Martinsville for the Cup Series. We've ended our Cup races at, at night yeah. under the lights, and that's that pretty special. But to to start uh, at the you know from the beginning, the whole race under the lights, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's unusual not having our fans here. I, I really wish they could be, but they'll get to see it on uh, Fox Sports One and and. I'm sure they're going to like what they see and hopefully have them back here next year when we're, you know, back to normal. But uh, it, it should be a, a really good race. I think NASCAR has hit on something with the, yeah. the low downforce package for short tracks. Excited about that. So that's going to be good for here. It's going to be good for, for Richmond when we come back there in the fall. So I think I think they really I think they really made great strides in getting the racing back on the short tracks the way it's supposed to be. Well, I think they've made uh, big strides in getting racing back um, during this pandemic to really pull the trigger. I mean, I, I'm, I was intrigued by, I, mean, I know Brandon here, he handles the eSports here at Richmond Raceway. So I know he's, he's into that all, that all that stuff, but it was interesting to watch uh, the, the live broadcast of these, you know, eSports e- races and how it affected, it looks like it's brought a few new fans back to NASCAR or to NASCAR, as I say, because uh, this younger generation, I think, might have got a little excited about it. Well, I think you're right, Dave. And, you know, Brandon's done a great job with eSports at, at Richmond. And, you know, we were fortunately the only sport that could be relevant during that time. I mean, it, you know, yeah, you could turn on and watch a golf tournament from three, four, five years ago, something like that, or you know, baseball or football. But we were the only ones that that was relevant and current. And I think fans really got into it. I, you know, I did. I mean, it was pretty, yeah. it was pretty neat to see the competitors. And yet, that's what they are—they're competitors. I don't care if they're racing wheelbarrows, you know, uh, doing esports or the real deal. They want to beat the other guy, and they were very competitive. And I think it it brought our sport to another set of eyeballs you mentioned it being the younger generation 
Uh, and yeah, I thought it was really great that we could we could stay in the in the public eye during the time when everything else was down. And if it brought some more uh, viewers to the sport and get them interested, hey, we watched it. We we do the eye racing. It'd be it'd be nice to go see this in person. And I think that's what we accomplished, and that's you know that's just great for all of us. Yeah, not only did they did you know, possibly attract new fans, but uh, brought some history back into the sport with uh, with Wilkesboro coming back and and them racing there. Um, how did because you obviously were around when they raced in that time period d- during '87? How how cool was it to see that track back as as it was, even if it was in the virtual world? Yeah, it was pretty cool because you know I, I was there quite a bit um, back in the day when Wilkesboro was running, and you know everything looked it looked like it did back in the day. So it brought back fond memories, and I think it was neat to to touch a piece of our history that uh, you know has brought us to the, to to where we are now. And, and watch a race at Wilkesboro, even though it was virtual. Uh, I think that was that was really good. But uh, all in all, I think it was just it was phenomenal to be able to do something like that. And it's 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 so real. It 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 amazes me how they're able to capture uh, what you would see at the facilities in in uh, the virtual world like that. Uh, kudos to iRacing. Thanks yeah. to to Fox and. For, for doing it in NASCAR, for everybody being being a part of that to bring that to life. I thought it was really outstanding. Speaking of kind of hitting on something, do you feel like NASCAR's hit on something with this midweek racing? You know, I don't know. Uh, you know, the, the jury's out on that. It, it's Let's put it this way. It's easier to do it now with no fans, obviously. It, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but, you know, you take that out of the equation and the competitors, they're ready to run whatever day, whatever right. night, uh, whatever week you want to run. And, you know, they're there and they do it. Uh, you know, obviously with the crowds that we bring in, the the amount of people that it takes to staff these events, you know, it's it's thousands of people that it takes, that it will take to, to staff up uh, a normal yeah. event. So if you take that in consideration, being a, a midweek race, uh, it, it's not as easy, obviously, as doing it on a on a weekend. Uh, beyond that, I think one thing we've got to keep in mind is is the fans that like to come yeah. and camp at our facilities and you know make a make a several day trip out of it. I know we're we're big into the camping scene here, Richmond. I know they bring in a lot of people mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for camping. So that's something we've got to be cautious of and and not take away from the total experience. The race is just one part of it. Obviously, that's what right. attracts our fans. It's the race. Uh, that's that's primary. But there's so many things that are, are part of that experience that, you know, we got to figure out if that if that really works. And you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I said originally that I was one of the first to raise my hand when we we're talking about doing these makeup races. Yeah, I'd like to try it uh, midweek. Uh, number one, I like to see what the ratings are see how we do uh, on, on television, how many eyeballs we get. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see that part of it. But like I say, it, we're just dealing with the competitive side of it when we're doing it uh, on Wednesday for this race. So a lot of things to consider. Uh, if it works, hey, that's great. That gives us more opportunities and uh, you know a, a longer runway to, to get these things done. Uh, but we'll see. And the reason why I ask that is because we uh, NASCAR has always looked at new ways 
on how to shorten the season a little bit and get out of the college football football um Mm-hmm. The log jam for for sports at that time of the year, and obviously this is a way that in the future maybe I don't know maybe it could help. Yeah, and and like I say, that's that's great if it does. Uh, I just don't know, and I think as we go forward and and try these things, you, sometimes you don't know until you try it. Uh, but it it would help uh, to to possibly shorten the season, uh, maybe take us to places that we wanted to go that maybe we couldn't have in the past so there there are a lot of positives to it uh, and i think we just got to be we've got to be prudent on on how we do it and and make sure it's it's the right thing going forward uh but uh we'll, we'll see what it's like wednesday here with no fans and uh like i say it's it's certainly a possibility going forward and i know nascar is looking at every possible yeah. scenario every possible opportunity that we can we can make the season the best for not only the competitors, but for the fans that follow our sport, for the broadcasters that cover it. And, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty sharp when it comes to that. Let's, let's give them all the credit in the world to, for what they've done to get us back on track now during this pandemic. I mean, you can argue with, with other sports, whether yeah. it be whatever, on who was the first comeback. I don't think that really matters. The, the fact of the matter is we're back. We're, we're running these races, we're getting them on TV, uh, staying relevant, and that's important. And there were a lot of good people that were involved in, in making that happen. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, burning the candle at both ends to make, to make it all work. And uh, my, my hat's off to NASCAR and everybody involved to, to get us to this point. And I think, I think everybody's really happy to see the real thing back on TV again. And... Uh, I- Speaking to that, I mean, the, since it's been back, the action has been really, really good on track with a lot of different storylines. Um, you had Chase Briscoe winning the Xfinity Series race at Darlington, mm-hmm. Chase Elliott with the bounty at uh, at uh, um, Charlotte, sure. and then and then of course the short track action at Bristol this past weekend. Um, all of that leading into a Martinsville race that has always had really, really good action. That's gotta that's gotta be pretty exciting for you, right? It really is. I mean, you said it, Brandon. The, the the races so far have been have been really good. Uh, so that gives us encouragement for the Blue EMU Maximum Pain Relief 500. That uh, you're going to see great short track racing, especially what you saw at Bristol with the the action that they had there. And and again, I go back to the to the package that we that NASCAR brought back for the short tracks. I think that worked. But the racing has always been pretty good here. Uh, last year, I think. Uh, if I remember correctly, a couple of guys led most of the laps for both of them. So mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see that again yeah. this year. Uh, you know, Chase probably had a good shot at winning Bristol and, and didn't. He finished second here last spring with Kyle Busch and Blaney, Hamlin, the, the regular cast of characters that always run well here. Uh, so I think you're going to see those and, and maybe even some guys that haven't been to victory lane have a shot at running well when they get to Martinsville. You know, the way that they're setting the lineups, man, it is really sh- shaken up the racing, I think. I think that's what's helped elevate the the racing that we are having is, uh, you know, the you know, you you go in, there's no there's really no practice. You just you, you just go race. Uh, it's kind of old school. Um, I, I say that, but even short tracks do a little bit of practice, but <laughs> but it you know, the the way they have gotten these in 
has just been, I think, um, uh, on point, uh, innovative. Uh, I think it's switched things up. It's made people, it's made drivers drive a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's given more more drivers a chance to, I think, get in there and have a chance to win. I think you're right, Dave. And I think you know, the way they line the, the, the races up, that, that's pretty that's pretty neat. But I think you got to, I mean, you really got to admire these guys. And, and doing the little driving that I have done, I can't imagine going into a cup <laughs> yeah. race with no practice, uh, barreling off in a corner at 150, 160 miles an hour for the very first time with, you know, 39 of your best friends all there with you. I mean, you really got to give them credit, but, you know, and I don't, I don't advocate going forward, not having practice. Maybe we don't need to have as much as we've, we've been having, but, uh, I think, I think where it really comes into play having practice, uh, and I don't remember which, which team or driver I'm actually thinking about, but, you know, at least when you have practice, you get to find out if something's not right with the car. Right. You know, I think the drivers have proven they don't need it. They're, they're good to go. Give them a lap and, you know, we're back to normal, like, like riding a bike. But yeah. I think you do find things that you, that may pop up in the car. Oh, if I'd had that practice, this wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't be out. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a key, but the competitors, they're, they're, they're good at it going, going right at it when the green flag drops. Yeah. D- Denny Hamlin, the weight, f- the ballast falling out. Exactly. Uh, they just, yeah. uh, you know, normally that would have happened during a practice session or going out to a practice session. Yep. yep you're right. So, um, but you know, I, I'm really extremely excited about the June 10th, the Martinsville date. Um, you, you know, I, I guess we asked you one more question, uh, cause I know you're busy, but it's been a, a long process and probably a pretty tough process. You are obviously on the inside of this, of, of having to work with governors, work with the states, work with the federal government to get these races on. Um, first of all, uh, congratulations on everything that you've been able to put forth. And hopefully, maybe having the Martinsville race uh, on, I know it's no fans, but maybe that will spur on being able to get our local short tracks back in action because uh, as we all know, and as you know, um, trying to run a, a short track and make money or break even without fans and concessions is a pretty tough job. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, like, like I said, there are a lot of people that uh, had a lot to do with us getting back on track, uh, coming up with the protocols and, and working with our state, uh, local, federal, uh, government people to, to make it happen. And, you know, the key thing is to do it safely. Uh, and that's what we've accomplished. And we've proven that, that we they have come up with stuff to do that. Uh, your point on short tracks, yeah, I hope the, the day is coming soon when when the short tracks can get back at it because that's that's really our lifeblood. Uh, that's that's what attracts people to to cup racing, you know, the grassroots racing. We we've got to have it. I mean that that's where everything starts. That's where our fan base starts. That's where our, our competitors start. Whether it be the driver, whether it be the crews, or whatever. That that's that's the footing for, for everything that we build upon. So I'm looking forward to, to hopefully soon getting this thing turned around where, where they can get back at it and we can all get back to enjoying what we love. And that's, uh, 
that's the sport of racing. Well, again, we can't thank you for taking, uh, I know we told you 10 minutes and now it's been almost 20. So, but, but, uh, this is the kind of the new formatted, uh, race in Virginia podcast. And, um, you know, we're doing it here at Richmond. It's the first time I've ever done a, a show with a, with a face mask on, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, and so it's it, it, I'll I'll forever remember this. You were the first uh, guest we had when we came back and re kind of rebooted this. In fact, we got some really cool things coming uh, out. It's uh, actually going to end up be, becoming a video uh, podcast as well. So we've got some really cool stuff coming, and we can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your schedule to visit with us. And we can't wait for June tenth, man. Yeah. We're looking forward to it, and uh, I appreciate it, Dave. Brandon, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed talking with you, and uh, like I say, we're, we look forward to, you know, unfortunately we won't have fans for the 10th, but, uh, you know, hopefully that won't be much longer before uh, all these tracks get fans back in into our facilities. Can't wait till the fall when, uh, you know, we, we, we get back to Richmond Raceway for the races there and here in the fall too, so – you know, we got a lot of good things to look forward to, and fortunately, we're we're back on track now. But we want to get back like we used to be, and I think that's coming. Well, maybe we're going to have to also make a road trip and bring the podcast uh, to do it live at Martinsville uh, here here shortly. <laughs> yeah, thanks for everything you guys do with. Uh, with that that's pretty cool we appreciate it folks he is clay campbell president of martinsville speedway june 10th fox sports one do not miss it it's a wednesday night under the lights you're gonna want to make sure you see this again thanks again clay and we look forward to talking to you appreciate it guys all right bud. Take care. Bye-bye. man i'm gonna tell you what uh, clay is just he's a class act for one um has always been the same uh and i've known him for a long time and, uh, I mean, we're talking 1980s when I worked there. <laughs> so, so we're talking a, a long, long time and, yeah. and, uh, a, a great, uh, great guy. And, um, and, uh, you know, and we just gotta, we just gotta keep pushing forward. I mean, this is, you know, this is one of a kind thing. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we are, we are living in a time that will be highlighted very prominently in the history books right now. We're going to have, um, of course, uh, Xfinity Series driver Brandon Brown. out of Wood- He's from Woodbridge, Virginia. Gonna be on- well, I'll tell you what, he's having a hell of a season. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, it's his name, you know. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> come on now. Because, uh, I mean, uh, we're, we're looking, I mean, 12th in points. Yep. Uh, finished eighth at Charlotte on Memorial Day. I mean, he is having one hell of a, uh, of a season. Yeah, he really is, and 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 that's not for having. He's had a little bit. He had a little bad luck, say at the um, at the first couple of races of the season, yeah. and he's still doing that yeah. with his own with his own family and, team. And this is where I'm talking about um, that we we are seeing more and more folks get into the mix of being competitive, mm-hmm. and it's not only in the Cup Series; it's in the Xfinity Series as well. Yeah. And seeing that you know that diverse uh, uh, top ten, you see new names in the top ten is always something that I really like to see. Even on the Cup side, when you have have rookies that are running in the top ten, like John Hunter Nemechek, like Christopher Bell. Um, Christopher Custer. Bell and is doing very well in that ninety five. Yep. Yeah, and he was 
up in the top five up until those final few cautions that kind of relegated him a little bit. But, I mean, that's kind of what you expected with a low downforce, higher horsepower at the short tracks. That You know, Christopher Bell is the type that uh, will do that. So it, it's just nice to see new guys up at the top of the leaderboard and uh, hoping to see Brandon Brown, who we're about ready to talk to, yeah. climb up even further, uh, start getting some top tens, top fives, and you never know, could uh, be challenging for a win. And he races tonight. And he races tonight. <laughs> we're we're going we're, we're gonna to edit this and get this out before yeah. this race starts. Um, so it's going to be really cool to hear him talk about, uh, you know, Bristol, which is a, uh, you know, a lot of the times a great equalizer yeah. track. You know, you, you're not relying so much on your, um, the arrow, arrow of the car, the, the that. It, it's, it's a lot in the driver's hands more so than, say, yeah. a Fontana or a, a Kansas or places like that. Well, let's uh, ringy-dingy him up on the cell phone. We can do that. How about that? Let's just push gr- push go. Mm-hmm. Hello? That dog. Uh, folks, as we told you here on the Racing Virginia podcast, we just throwing all kinds of stuff at you. With yeah. it. It's <laughs> episode 68, so who else should we have on the show for episode 68? Brandon Brown. Driver 68. <laughs> <laughs> who is also – this is going to get very confusing – uh, of course, he's been on the show several times. He's out of Woodbridge, Virginia. He's the driver and marketing director. He has two uh, two jobs over at uh, Brandon Built Motorsports. He is the driver uh, of the number 68 Mid-Atlantic Wrecker Service, Jabs Construction Incorporated, Coastal Carolina University Chevrolet Camaro on the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and will be racing tonight at the last great Coliseum, Bristol Motor Speedway, in the Cheddar's 300. Hey, like that. You got all of that in there. I did. All women finished eighth Memorial Day at Charlotte. And he is currently, as we said earlier, 12th in Xfinity Series points. He is Brandon Brown. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing well. How are you? First of all, how does it feel to be on an interview? You know, it's just me, Dave C. But my new co-host, uh, Brandon, how does it feel to be on a show where you're going to be interviewed by the guy with the same name as you. Yeah, it is pretty wild. Um, it was funny when, it, when we first kind of pointed it out on Twitter. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun, though. And then finding out that he worked at Richmond, I was like, wow, it's a bit confusing. Yeah, <laughs> Especially when he does a little uh, e-racing, you know, and, and then he does crappy. And, yeah. and then people think it's you. Yeah. It's not, that's not good. Every single time I wreck, they they think that I'm you, and I'm probably giving you a bad reputation on uh, on <laughs> iRacing, so I sincerely apologize. Oh, see, that's perfect, because every time I wreck, I just tell the people that I work at Richmond Race. Race. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Man, thanks for coming back on the show. Um, we couldn't think of, I mean, obviously, uh, episode 68, we had to have you on, you know? Um mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you're uh, a busy day. I know uh, a little bit different because normally you'd be getting ready. Probably you pro- might even be in, practicing in right car, now in the car, practicing, qualifying, doing whatever for a uh, for a race at Bristol. So, but uh, yeah. you, you you race tonight at Bristol. First of all, um, Bristol just in a, just knowing you're going to be racing, got to be excited. Oh, so excited! I love short track racing. So this is uh this is you know, big for us. And hopefully, you know, like our, our, our work, my, my worst track on the schedule is, is Charlotte Motor Speedway. And, uh, we, we had one of our strongest runs there. So 
I'm excited to see what kind of momentum that'll bring to the short track program. And uh, we're bringing back the same car that we ran there last year. It ran really strong, I think, with everything that we learned. Um, over the course of last year that we're able to apply this year, you know, we, we can only do better unless, you know, <laughs> something bad happens. But, uh, now I'm excited. Um, I've got my veteran crew chief, Doug Randolph, leading the team. And, uh, we're, we're looking forward to a strong, a strong night. Speaking of, uh, bad stuff happening, I'm sure you saw the cup race yesterday and, uh, they were verging on a record for cautions and, uh, all the stuff that went with that. So, um, what do you have to do to avoid all of that and maybe get some luck and, and run really well like you have been all year? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I've been digging around trying to find that golden horseshoe wherever it was in Charlotte. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, uh, you know, it, it's all, you know, the whole the whole thing is just trying to keep the nose clean on the car, um, especially at Bristol where it's going to be such a tight racetrack. It's, you know, going to be racing on your toes the entire time. Um, I know everybody jokes about it uh, when they say, you know, remember to breathe while you're out there, but it, it's a real thing. <laughs> so it, I'm, I'm happy that we're running at night when it's not as, not as hot. Um, but it, it's going to be, you know, my spotter, Brandon Lyons, is going to have to be on his toes, and, you know, I'm going to have to be on mine and just ready to, to react in the best way possible and just hope that when people wreck, they hold the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you saw some of that even like uh you know blaney did blaney held the brakes but he still got run over uh um early in the race yesterday um oh, yeah. yeah so speaking of you know avoiding wrecks doing that stuff uh the the wreck that involved uh, a bunch of different cars at charlotte you were right around that can you take us through what you saw um when uh when all that carnage was going on and getting through it yeah um so you know, it was just off a restart. After we took the green flag, you could tell everybody's antsy. You know, the, the race is winding down. You know, it's about, to, it's about to end. Everybody's trying to get everything they can get. You know, they're over-hustling their stuff. You know, you got guys on older tires. You got – it was just, you know, you, you kind of picked up, like, something's going to happen. I don't know what. I don't know if it's going to be enough to, to call the wreck or if it's just going to choke up one of the lines. But, you know, I had a feeling something was going to happen. Um, but in that moment, you know, we were running, I think, side-by-side side with the 11. And uh, I just remember the spotter just telling me they were wrecking high. And uh, what, one of the things that I'm really thankful for with, with Brandon Lines is uh, instead of telling me what to do during an accident, he kind of relays just all the information of what's going on, and I can make a decision. Um, so he was telling me that they were wrecking high and, uh, you know, go low. And we started, I just saw the opportunity and stood in it, you know, try to get by, try to get by that, uh, big, uh, cluster of cars, <laughs> but I had to drive all the way down on the apron to try and get by it just to, to keep from getting hit. And actually the, the thing that caused the, uh, 11 and the 44s involvement was, was the lifting and then getting back in it. And it's that brief hesitation that really can be killer. And uh, I guess that's the one thing I have learned from the series is whatever you do, you got to commit. You can't go halfway or else, uh, you know, it, usually the result isn't that good. Brandon, how difficult has it been? Um, I mean, the year started off uh, Daytona. Um, then, mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, and uh, well, we got 
went, got all the way to Atlanta, and Atlanta got uh, nixed at the last minute because of this COVID-19 uh, pandemic, went to mm-hmm. iRacing after that, um, and, yeah. the, and then now back to racing uh, with this um, modified uh, lineup, uh, and procedures for racing that are a little bit different. I mean, you don't get any practice. You just go race. Um, how difficult has it been from a driver's perspective and also because it's your family uh, team from a team's perspective at uh, the transition from racing with fans, I racing, and then racing with no fans? Yeah, so um... – <clears throat> I really suck at eye racing. <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't a fan of that time. <laughs> I'm really bad at that game. I, I have too many bad habits from the real cars. So all the, the, the feeling that I get, I get from my butt um, and not my hands. Yeah. And so transitioning into eye racing, I was actually really lucky. Um, the guys down there in Richmond at SimSeeds hooked it up with, with an awesome rig. And, uh, you know, I, I got to use that during iRacing, and that actually helped me a ton. You know, I actually got up to an A license, so <laughs> we'll take it. But, um, no, I mean, uh, using the SimSeeds rig, it was nice because there was that little bit of feedback that I was looking yeah. for, but it came from the wheel and trying to learn how to adjust off of that, learn where the, you know, how they stimulate the tire wear, how the, you know, how the damage just overall slows down the car doesn't, you know, doesn't affect handling. It just slows the car down overall. It was weird. And, you know, I, I was trying to learn it the whole time. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating when you go from knowing what you're doing when you're driving to, you know, I'm just getting my butt kicked. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun to do that. You know, it was good. You know, that was good for the budget. I'm a family team. You know, if we wrap, we just hit reset. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, then getting back to the track, uh I will say it's been very different, you know, with, uh, I mean, I applaud NASCAR for, for how they are doing it. And, uh, you know, the, the extensive measures that we go through to, to make sure that everybody's good doing your pre-testing before each week. And then when you show up to the track, they do the temperature checks and, you know, making sure that everyone's healthy. So, you know, it, it's been, it's been different going through that process, waiting in that line, uh, instead of, you know, just, flashing your little card and buzzing right in. Um, so it's been weird. And then, you know, showing up to Darlington first was, I mean, that, that to me was wild because I could see across the track and across the infield. It wasn't packed with fans and yeah. RVs and camping. And, you know, same thing at Charlotte. It was just, you know, everybody, you know, we would have to park inside the track, which was nice, um, instead of getting kicked to the outside. And, you know, it was, uh, again, just weird coming in and seeing a bunch of empty grass lots and empty seats and you know there's no pre-race there's no you know there, there's no introductions nothing like that so it's a little weird that all that's taken away but at the same time I've, I've loved it because uh you know showing up the track like this it's all about who's going to commit to the first corner and really figure out what their car is doing you know it's usually in practice you do that with a shakedown run but uh you know this one is you know two is going to commit and then luckily nascar gave us those competition cautions on 15 and 20 
and uh, or lap 15 at Darlington, lap 20 at Charlotte, and uh, you know it's made it it's made it workable. And you know, I I mean I have I have no complaints with how it's running right now. I mean, of course, if I had uh, some different results, I might have had a different opinion. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, right now, so far, I've just been enjoying it. It's, um, it, you know, Bristol is uh, obviously tonight, and everybody can watch it on uh, FS1, right? Mm-hmm. I believe, yes, yeah. FS1 at 7 o'clock, to be exact. 7 p.m. Or actually, it starts at 6.30. The coverage starts at 6.30, but the race is going to start at 7 p.m. Um, you know, when you look at this season and you look at where you are in the point, you're 12th in points, man. I mean, does, mm-hmm. does, does that, does that sink in? I mean, that, that, that of the, uh, quality of season you have started off with. Yeah. So it, it, that's basically been our momentum piece through all the weird changes through going from, you know, racing hard from Daytona through the West coast into a standstill. Um, you know, that kind of piece was, was the motivating factor when we were coming back. And, you know, I think it helped keep the guys' uh, spirits up when we were, you know, during the time where we couldn't go in the shop. And, uh, you know, it, we still have, you know, once this racing resumes, we have a really good shot at, at being successful this year. So it, it's been really nice to have, uh, you know, I haven't really, you know, celebrated it too much just because, you know, we're still fairly early in the season and, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to get content and we want to keep pushing forward. But, you know, it is, it is pretty incredible uh, when you look at the start of this year compared to last year and how we're able to capitalize on uh, a lot of the changes that have been going on. So I, uh, you know, it's been exciting and I, I mean, I'm looking forward to hopefully keeping that uh, positioning, and I, I wish we'd start lining up the qualifying order off the driver's point positioning, not, not driver owner, because um, then we might have gotten a little better starting spot for this weekend because we're starting yeah. 21st. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's a lot of uh, new guys in front of us, and uh, ugh, turn one's going to be interesting tonight. I was going to say, how, how tricky is that going to be, kind of navigating through, um, especially slower, and I mean, substantially potentially slower traffic at Bristol is always treacherous, but uh, packing y'all got you all in there at the start's got to be, uh, you know, you're going to have to be biting your nails there for a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the big thing comes from, so Bristol is a very demanding track, both on the driver and the car. So with no shakedown, no practice nothing you know the cars i mean a lot of us have our ride height set fairly well but there are some cars that don't and uh when they go into the corner if they bottom out and slide up check everyone up that's where the access come in and being back in the you know in the storm it's a, it's not good for the for the goal for our goal you know you know when we go out there you know Yes, top 10 is, is a great goal, but we also want to try and keep the car alive as much as possible. And when you're running up front, um, there just seems to be a lot more, uh, you know, give and take up there. Right. When somebody's faster, you know, they're using smarter moves. It's, you know, it's all, it's more strategic. But um, when you're when you're back uh, there in the 20s, uh, 
or high 15s, 20s, then everybody's just kind of fighting for what they can get. And some moves that aren't ideal can be made. Um, you know, I mean, I, 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 I've, and I'm no, you know, I've, I've, I've made those not smart moves. And we saw at Phoenix that, you know, overdriving it to turn three. Uh, so now my best friend's starting right in front of me tonight. I'll <laughs> <laughs> so, well, just keep my window net up. Well, <laughs> oh, man. We, we, I, I was there for that, yeah. by the way. That was, uh, yeah. that was, that was, uh, well, not fun to watch on your end, but if you're a spectator, that was like, wow, wow, what happened there? Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what I said, too. <laughs> <laughs> you just blamed it on the other Brandon, didn't you? Yeah. He can, oh, yeah. He just do that. <laughs> the wrong guy, man. The, 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 social, the social media guy. <laughs> Oh, Lord. You know, we know you got a lot to uh, get ready to, uh, before you race tonight, so we, we can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your schedule, and we look forward to having you back on here shortly because uh, the, the whole goal and um, idea about behind this uh, podcast has always been promoting the drivers and the racing uh, from the state of Virginia, and people don't realize what, what uh, quality – not only uh, racing, but we have some really quality drivers racing in the uh, upper levels of NASCAR, and you're one of them. We can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your schedule to visit with us. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting back in the CDN. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can we can open back Virginia tracks and, you know, let me race in front of the hometown crowd. And, you know, I'm excited. We got a pretty sweet-looking Mid-Atlantic record service. Uh, number 68 for tonight and i'm really excited to run that and the or not next week uh we just finished up our talladega car so it's gonna be a pretty awesome looking larry's lemonade <laughs> car uh, there and, we uh, go larry's I'm lemonade proud to... sponsor of richmond yeah. raceway too by the yeah, way yeah that's right larry's yeah, hard lemonade they're, they're a proud racing virginia supporter i can <laughs> tell they uh yeah. they support richmond raceway virginia drivers so I, I'd like to give them a pretty big shout out, Larry and Vic, and and all them. Larry and Vic and Don and all those guys, man, they're just great guys. Oh, absolutely! They've been super supportive through everything, and uh, you know, even during the pandemic, you know, at least you know, I know that you know things hit hard on everybody, but still, for them to kind of check in and just see how our team is doing and making sure mm -hmm. everybody's okay, it's nice. Um, but you know, I'm pumped. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me on. I look forward to hopefully getting on after having an elusive win or something. There we go. There we awesome. go. Folks, you can watch him tonight on FS1 starting at 6.30. The race starts at 7. He will be driving the number 68 Mid-Atlantic Wrecker Service, Jabs Construction, uh, Coastal Carolina University, Chevrolet Camaro. And uh, hopefully, because it's episode 68, and it's not the Brandon Brown from Richmond Raceway in the cockpit, we'll have a good finish. <laughs> That, that last that last part definitely has a lot to do with it. <laughs> oh. If you run a Brandon Brown on iRacing, he wrecks you. That's the <laughs> oh, folks, uh, thanks so much, Brandon. All right, thank you. Thank See ya. Man, I will tell you what, that, that, he's a cool cat. He really yeah. is a cool guy. And, um, uh, I mean, to come on race day, I mean, obviously it's a little bit of a different race day because they really don't have – anything they have to do you know yeah do today other than until race day yeah they just sit around in their hall or until then it's uh yeah it's it's really interesting the days that they you're know, having because 
on race day, normally it is uh, for the Xfinity series, especially here. It's you know practice, practice, mm -hmm. qualifying, yeah. and then you've got driver appearances, meet and greets. You know, here in Richmond, doing the um, stuff in the fan grounds with the fans. I got to remember to put my mouth up to this microphone, especially with this. Uh, yeah, with mask the on. with the mask on, boy. But I'm telling you what, and I'm getting a little on the toasty side. Yeah, over there. yeah, a little humid in there. It's a little humid in here. Especially with me, I got a lot of hair, hot air coming out when I talk anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's interesting to, to you know, because a lot of athletes uh, um, and, and drivers, you know, they have their routines every day at the racetrack, and their routine puts them in a mindset to, to race. And now they don't have that, so they got to do something a little bit different uh, on race day now. Yes, and uh, but I mean, I to be honest with you, I kind of like it. Yeah, I, I really I was do. Him, I would too. I, I really, I mean, it's shorten up the day. You don't have a whole lot to do. Yes, in your mind, you got to think maybe I got to drive a little bit calmer at the beginning of the race. Yep. Which maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, especially uh, you know, not knowing how your car is going to handle going down into turn one for the first <laughs> <laughs> for the first corner at Bristol. Yeah. Uh, well, um, we're going to have a jingle for this soon. Okay. All right. Um, Who, who's going to sing it? Uh, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to tell you what, uh, we're, it's going to have to be kind of cool. It's going to have to be kind of kiddish fied sounding. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but, fine. but we got a new segment and we're going to call it story time with Randy. And of course, uh, when we say Randy, that is of course, um, uh, the man himself, he does, uh, uh, journalism for here. He does it for Richmond uh, Times Dispatch. Still um, uh, doing t um, uh, just continuing to to write columns, weekly columns. Uh, and if you haven't visited RacingVirginia.com and actually read his columns, you, you need to do so. A lot of history that he brings up mm -hmm. here in the state of Virginia and in, uh, with uh, from NASCAR. Of course, it is now story time with Randy. And of course, he is Mr. Randy Hallman. How you doing, Randy? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good, man. By the way, we're sitting just outside of uh, of your deadline room. Well, yeah. well good. I, I, I missed so many deadlines in my career, I had a lot of editors laugh when they named it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, man, I'm, I'll tell you, the uh, it's so interesting to read your columns uh, on the RacingVirginia.com uh, website, and um, it, we can't thank you for being a part of Racing Virginia, promoting racing uh, here in the state, because people don't realize, and it, I mean, you got. Uh, Many, many years. I mean, you work for the Richmond Times, but I've been covering racing for a lot of years. Um, Virginia is blessed to not only have a lot of different forms of major uh, racing here in the state, um, but also some really great drivers. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think we as people here in the state of Virginia, we just don't we don't realize that. Well, I, I, you're so right. It's it's uh, Virginia is is like no other. I mean, and and for one thing, it's got four cup races on a on normal year, and uh, and and we're the only ones now. That's the uh, the only state now that has four, and uh, I'm not even counting Bristol, which is just a stone's throw, uh, you know, across the border in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that's tremendous, and uh, you know, we've got the 
if, if, it, if it works out, we're going to have IndyCars back. We've got NHRA Nationals. And then we've got these incredible uh, – oh, and, and the, the great uh, top-level road racing at, at VIR and all these incredible short tracks and drag strips and kart tracks and, and uh, motocross tracks. And it, just it's an incredible, incredible menu of, of racing in Virginia. It's just, it's just amazing. It's a great state for a race fan. The, um, coming up uh, June 10th, uh, I know that they've had a race finish uh, under the lights, but this is the first time Martinsville Speedway will start the gr- the first lap under the lights, under those LED beautiful, uh, beautiful lights at Martinsville Speedway. How historic is this? Well, it's 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 terrific. It's uh, it puts another race from Virginia in prime time uh, in a beautiful, beautiful part of the state. And a and a track that is uh, it's it's a it's like the modern uh, uh, beautiful version of of the throwback track. I mean, this is this is the old school kind of racing. Um, it's a it's a almost flat half mile. You got you know you just gotta get in there and 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 fight for every every inch every position uh, throughout the field and. And people are going to get that in prime time. It's great. It's uh, it's a uh, you know it's going to open some eyes to, to Martinsville and to that kind of racing that people that haven't seen it before will see it now. And it's also a uh, I don't know it's because it's on a Wednesday night. It it harkens back to the day uh, when when they'd have two or three races in a week. I I. Yeah, didn't even have to look very hard to find a, one stretch where there were nine, uh, nine races in in uh, uh, or in just a or, or rather five cup races in nine days, and there were probably other times when there were more than that. So, you know, it kind of kind of brings that back too when it when it was a traveling show and it, it was as quick as you could get there, you'd set up and you'd race again. And I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying the the. The uh, the hurry up schedule and the guys uh, getting their car together and beating the beating the dents out of it and go racing again. It's terrific. So what uh, you know you say it harkens back into back to back to the day um, for uh, for the drivers that have never experienced this and have their own kind of schedules. What do you think that they are? Uh, you think it's more difficult, less difficult for them, or uh, does it not matter? They just want to go race. I think most of them want to go race. I think I, my my guess is, that, and you know, I'm not I, I'm not I'm not there in the in the motor coach with them. Yep. Uh, but my guess is, first of all, they've got the motor coach, so that makes it a little easier. My guess is they're they're adjusting to it easily. Uh, most of them, almost all of them, did you know rise through the ranks when they were racing a couple of times a weekend anyway. And uh, I think they're probably having a good time with it. I, I also think they they probably really miss just being able to hang out with the team. Uh, NASCAR is being uh, very careful, setting an example for other sports and other businesses of all kinds uh, to to try to show the way. I think that if we if we work hard enough, we're careful enough, we can get this done. We can get our our 
some of our of our of our enterprises back together and 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 find a way to to carry on. And I think they probably missed just the the camaraderie of of being with the team and uh, hanging out with them and and talking about the car more with them and not just on their cell phones. I think they they don't like that. But I, I expect they like uh, getting to race. You know, getting back in the car. Let's go. I also think they probably like the the uh, the somewhat shorter uh, races that are being uh, patched in to, to fill the 36 race schedule. I think they probably like the intensity of it. Uh, gosh knows we had a tremendous race at Bristol, and I expect we'll have one at, uh, at Martinsville. I think it'll be a great race. Um, and I think they like that. I think they like the, you know, no, there's no time to relax, no time to settle down and, and just uh, hold your spot. I think they're going to, I think they liked that short track racing that they did when they were running 50 laps, 100 laps, maybe fewer, yeah. maybe 25. And and every lap meant something, every position, every quarter lap meant something. And and that's kind of what Bristol looked like. And uh, I expect that when, uh, you know, when they get to Martinsville, um, you know, in some respect, even more close quarters at Martinsville, especially with that low downforce package that's going to allow them to, you know, get up on each other's bumpers and, and really do something with it. Um, that you'll see the same thing. Do you agree? I absolutely agree. Martinsville, I go way back with Martinsville. I, I grew up in Floyd, which is about 45 miles away. And, uh, you, you know, take the, take the uh, Route 8 down to Stewart and then, and then hang a left to go to Martinsville. And uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it, was, it was the first cup track I ever went to. My, my, my grandmother, of all people, was a huge racing fan. And, uh, and she was the one who took me to the races uh, around Southwest Virginia. And Martinsville was like the biggest race of all. And I, I think the first one I saw, I'm not sure of this, I might have seen one in the 50s. But I think maybe the first one I saw was 61. And uh, Fred Lorenzen won that. It got rained out. Uh, cut, cut, cut short. But uh, you know, it's 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 still the same track. It's it's you know, it's a big modern uh, venue now. But the track is the same shape it was then, and uh, and and it demands the same a lot of the same skills from the drivers. I love that. I I like being there and and watching it. I you know my my memories go go back to those days and I mean I had no idea when I you know I was a kid then and all it was was a great race but but it was you know Hall of Famers I mean yeah. Lorenzen won it and uh and Fireball Roberts was there and you know Jarrett and and uh and uh Curtis Turner and and I saw those guys race it was incredible you know, and I've always been a proponent. I've always thought that the NASCAR races, and I understand why they're the link they are because of TV. You need to get a, a number of commercials in. But I always thought that they could be shortened, and you probably would see better racing. And gosh darn it, guess what? <laughs> it, it, it's almost that's you know you're seeing that uh, the shorter racing. Um, these guys are getting to it right away. They're not, uh, you know, they're, uh, you don't feel like they're riding around for a hundred, 200 laps just to, to get to the end. Yeah, never, not in these, not in these somewhat shorter events. Although 
I mean, these guys work hard anyway. There are so many good cars now. You can't, you can't relax, but so much. But yeah, if you, if you're running, uh, 500k instead of 500 miles, um, you gotta, you gotta stay up on the wheel a little bit more. And, and, and these guys are doing it. I, I think it's, I think we're seeing that. It's, uh, it's been fun. I've, this, this return to racing has, has been a tremendous amount of fun. I think I've, I've enjoyed it straight through. Well, uh, you know, uh, what, what's the next race? What is, I mean, tonight, uh, Xfinity, <laughs> Bristol. Uh, Bristol. We, ju- uh, we, we just, just we just talked, we just talked to Brandon Brown, the other Brandon Brown, not me, Brandon Brown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, the Xfinity racing has been just great as well. Yes, it has. They, 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 you know, they're putting on a show. It's, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, I don't know. We, I think everybody's kind of refreshed and and and, and ready, and, and they want to go. I, I'm uh, I'm also uh, looking forward to, to to sort of Martinsville and the other places. I'm I'm looking forward to watching what Jimmy Johnson's gonna how he's gonna finish out his career as a as a regular anyway. He he's certainly showing, you know signs of of uh of being able to, to win one there it's been it's been more than 100 races now and most of the time he hasn't been a contender but since we've come back yeah he's uh he's putting his car up front he's 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 up there they've got they've got the thing going chevrolet's having a little bit better year he's ha- he's having a good year he and crew chief seem to have really hit the hit the uh chemistry combo that they need uh, I expect him to win. I really do. I think he'll. I think he'll. He'll notch at least one more in his farewell tour, and uh, so that's going to be fun. And Martinsville. I mean, there's only two two guys who've won double digit number of races there, Cup races. That's Teddy and uh, Walter. Yep. And uh, and uh, Jimmy has nine, and he and he and. Uh, he and Jeff Gordon have nine, and I think Jimmy would love yeah. nothing more than <laughs> have make make Jeff call that race. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know he brings back memories because when uh, Jimmy Johnson first got into circle track racing, you know, coming from off road racing, um, I got to do. Uh, he was in the Bill Meyer number eighty one, I think it was 60, 61 or eighty one. Um, out of North Carolina and uh, was fortunate enough back then when I was doing a, a, an asphalt radio show um, to be able to interview him. And, and we, we was actually in person at, Mer- at Myrtle Beach Speedway at the time. And, oh, uh, and he goes, and he, he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm signed by Chevrolet, uh, you know, Chevrolet GM performance or Chevrolet. And I said, you're kidding me. He, he reached into his back pocket and pulled out his wallet and he goes, see, <laughs> and he had a credit card that they had given him. <laughs> I was Man. like, I was like, okay, uh, they mu- they they want you to be a Chevrolet driver. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. I mean, he's just been so um, such a great person. And that, I'm not just saying driver, but he's been a he is a great person and has always been very forthcoming and and um you know when you whenever you needed an interview typically he would do it yeah jimmy's jimmy's just been uh really great for the sport it's it's 
it's kind of funny in a way. He's he's seen as sort of a uh, I think his reputation is is as being too too bland, yeah. too too uh, you know not enough uh, fire or whatever. But I think it's I think he does he's got plenty of fire. He's it's white hot, but it's he keeps it all inside and he, he channels yeah. that into his racing. Uh, he's he's been a, just a model citizen, and and you can call it bland if you want to, but but he's never embarrassed the sport. Uh, he's, you know, he, he drives hard. He comports himself well. And, uh, and he's been a good ambassador for, uh, for stock car racing. And I mean, I, you just can't ask more. He's, well, he's been a great champion. Well, we're really looking for both me and Brandon are looking forward to this segment each and every week. Uh, we're going to tighten it up a little bit and get more, you know, get you to tell some stories like you have been. That's why we're calling it Story Time with yeah. Randy. I, th- I think I know the first uh, the first official story I want is that 1961 race and what he experienced yeah. as a little kid because my first race as a little kid was right here at Richmond Raceway. Race. So That's cool. Still my favorite day that I've <laughs> ever existed on this earth, so. But yeah. uh, we, I, well, I can I can tell you that one, and I've 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 got some races that go back further than that. I'll tell you okay. about those. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. Well, we can't thank you uh, enough, Randy. We look forward to having you on um, on the on the podcast each week and uh, hearing some of these stories. Great. I look forward to it. It's a lot of fun, guys. Thanks. Thanks, folks. Randy. Uh, story time with Randy has come to a close. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, that's going to be fun. It really is. It is going to be fun. I think we need to get its own logo. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. we got to do something. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, you know, we're going to keep uh, – I'm sure he ha- – I mean, as long as he's been covering NASCAR and and, being, and just as a fan, I'm sure it mm-hmm. goes way, way back. As we talked to you earlier, um, we are going – we have a uh, pretty uh, – I he, a good friend of mine and uh, one hell of a race car driver. He is the 2018 Fast Track World Championship champion uh, at Virginia Motor Speedway. Uh, took him a while to get that those those first wins there, but that was a big one. <laughs> uh, but not only has he excelled in the pro slash crate late model um, division, he is now excelling in super late model this year. Uh, late last year and, and into this year, he. Uh, kind of uh, put a super late model in the stable and he went out this past weekend and won his first ever super late model race. It was a $5,000 to win uh, event at Tyler County Speedway in West Virginia. Uh, Of course, he is from Dooms, Virginia, the driver of the number 17. They call him Thug Nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Logan Roberson. What's up, Thuggy? Oh, shoot, man. Living life. Congratulations! Uh, as I talked to you earlier, you said you you haven't even got to all your text messages from people congratulating you. Oh man, it's been crazy. I didn't uh, I didn't realize how many people you know watched my stuff and stood behind me. I'm still. I mean, this is a couple of days later, and I still haven't went through all my text messages, Facebook, none of that. It's been it's been crazy. Uh, you know, it's been a really weird year. I mean, let's be honest. Um, before. It, everything really got super started in short track racing. Uh, we had this, uh, obviously, this COVID-19 pandemic. What has it been like for a Virginia short track driver to have to hold off in racing in his own state? 
you know, it, it honestly, it's kind of tough because, you know, we come down to Virginia Motors some, and then I race at usually Winchester a bunch, and they're in the state of Virginia. Um, Really, it just had to change, and, you know, it's just like whenever I leave my house, I've got to travel more than four hours immediately. And so, like, as soon as I pull out of the driveway, I know that, you know, me and my dad, we have to travel at least four hours every time we pull out yeah. of the driveway. So it just, it makes it kind of tough, but luckily there's some states open that we can still get some racing in because, man, it would, it would drive me insane if I couldn't go racing. For you, you've had to kind of switch up a little bit, a little bit of pro late model, crate late, uh, crate racing, and, and now you've added the super late model. Do you feel like you're heading one way or another? Um, as, me and my dad actually just talked about that the other day. He's like, well, we always talk about where I want to be at. And of course, you know, my dream would be, you know, race, race, charge for a living in, on a series. And uh, I just, we talked about it and talked about it. You know, I can't quit fully racing crates because obviously that, that usually funds my, my super racing where I can, where I can do more. And, um, I think I'm headed in somewhat of a direction. I usually don't try to think highly of myself because I know that I can always do better. You went to, to Tyler County in the super, um, I don't know. That was kind of a last minute deal. I think, um, what was it like? What did it feel like to hang on? Because it was a hell of a race. I think it was you and uh, Max Blair uh, out of Pennsylvania uh, that, that went down to the the final few laps. For you, what was that like? And what was it like to get that first super late model win? Um, Honestly, it just feels like, you know, all them late nights you stay up till, heck, you know, two, three, four, five. Sometimes me and my dad don't even go to sleep. Like the other week we come home from 411 and, we didn't even sleep. We went straight to work as soon as we got home. And it's just like, you know, you combine all the nights together and, you know, all the blood, sweat, tears, everything. It, it seemed like it all paid off uh, Thursday night, and I'm I'm ready to go again, and it gives you a boost of confidence, you know. Because when you're racing them super guys, I think you know as well as I do, man, it, not one of them's no slouch. And I've constantly got beat up, beat up forever racing with them guys but i think it's made me a better racer and uh it just it, it felt like all my hard work paid off and uh i don't know it just it felt like it was my night you know thursday it felt like i couldn't do no wrong i just looked at your schedule yeah there's not a whole lot on your schedule for june <laughs> i will I, I planned out my schedule until i think it was june yeah and then i was like i'm gonna reconfigure once we get to that point and with life being as busy as it is i ain't really we just taking it one week at a time with these races. Yeah. Find something that's within a four or five hour drive at least. Yeah, something that makes uh makes some sense and uh I do know that I'm going to Smoky Mountain the thirteenth, I think, for the Lucas Oil. You know, when you start stepping into the World of Outlaws and Lucas Oil stuff, man, that gets even tougher. Oh yeah, them guys are no slouch and uh that's like I was telling uh I guess turn five turn around the other other day when I was in an interview with them, I told them I said you know these guys you have to be on your A game, you've got to have all your tires that you would ever need, and you've also got to have some luck to be able to win some of these races because I mean, it's not it's not like it's just one guy that can go out there and win. It you've got fifteen twenty guys that can win every single night. It's been weird because they've been racing. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen to Smoky Mountain. I think they're going to be able to have uh, at least uh, 
a, a little bit of fans, but they've been racing without fans. This has just been a weird year. Um, I know Tyler County for the first time was able to have 50% capacity in the grandstands. And uh, they had a great turnout in cars. I mean, I, I think short track drivers are itching to get get to racing. And I think short track fans, and at least at the beginning, are excited to get back to the racetrack. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. And uh, one of the main part is just getting the fans back in the stands. Because, I mean, like none of us guys, we don't race for ourselves. I mean, we might race for, you know, our ego or whatever you call it to make yourself feel good but mainly it's for the fans you know you pull out there and you see a very empty grandstand and you're like you think about it and you're like man why why are we here yeah obviously i know it's to make some money but why are why are we here doing this with ain't nobody in the stands and it's just yeah i don't really like that feeling but i guess right now we have to do take what we can get and uh make the best out of it and just I don't think the fans realize how much they mean to us, honestly. Well, the the nice thing about the short track racing stuff, I know NASCAR and that stuff when you have national TV, but at least with the short track stuff, at least on the dirt side, well, no, I take that back on the asphalt side too. Speed 51 Mm -hmm. has been doing some, uh, some, uh, uh, pay-per-views, but, uh, uh, flow racing slash dirt on dirt, uh, has been doing a ton of it for the, for the dirt side. And, and, uh, you know, the, I mean, to be honest with you, there's probably five, six, seven different, uh, streaming services, uh, on the short track side that I think, uh, has been doing a great job at keeping the fans, uh, entertained, um, and also helping keep some of these tracks and, um, racing, uh, even with no fans, uh, because at least they have some income coming in. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I'm, I, Rigsby texted me yesterday from Dirt on Dirt and was, uh, just asking about, you know, my win and stuff like that. And, uh, I tell you, like, them guys make it, it feels like, you know, on them Thursday night races, everybody focuses on them and, like, because there's nothing else really going on and, it's pretty cool to see everybody, you know, the community come together and order them races and watch them live because that's, at the end of the day, I think that's how we get paid. Well, for you, though, what is it like to to have your name mentioned now all the time? Because I was watching uh, Lucas Hole uh, Late Models from East Bay. You weren't there, <laughs> but they were talking about Thug Nasty. <laughs> um. In all honesty, I don't ever try to think of myself as anybody. I just try to, you know, I'm just a little fish, big pond, and uh, I don't know. I just, I, I've tried to get out and race some guys. I try to race as much as I can because eventually that's where I'd like to end up. But I, um, it's pretty cool. I've met some a lot of people in this journey, you know, ever since I stepped out and started running supers. Because like I told my dad, I said, you know, to be, I guess to be the best, you've got to you got to beat the best. And I told him, uh. I said I've set goals for myself, and I I won't quit until I can win a Lucas race or a World Outlaws race, and uh, that's my plan. So I just got to keep on it and keep digging, and uh, just try to keep getting better because I think we're getting there. It's just we're getting close, but I just got to get a little bit better. And how satisfying would it be, you know, once you know, once we do get back to normal, because that will happen sooner or later, to do that in front of say a capacity crowd. Um, and, you know, see that fan reaction as we get back to normal. Oh, man, it'd be pretty awesome. You know, that's that's what I was saying before. People don't realize how much fans mean. When you look up there, I've been to, I don't know, four or five racetracks with no fans, 
And it, it, it honestly, it sucks. Like, you see an empty grandstand, and then you just think about it, and you're like, well, you know, why would I want to pull off this nice slider for this or that? Or why would I want to do this with there ain't nobody watching? Of course, you got pay-per-view, but you forget about it. Yeah. And because you're in the zone, you're just racing. And it just, once you get the fans back in it, you know, people buying T-shirts at the track. And it's just the, the atmosphere of a dirt late model facility is insane. Like, people don't. People don't get it, you know what I'm saying? We're all big one family, and it just feels like you're at home when you're, you know, all the fans are there, your friends, like everything's normal. It just, it feels like home. Well, we we can't uh, thank you enough for taking some time out of your schedule to visit with us. Uh, it's it's uh, and congratulations on that first super win. Uh, uh, you know, you're used to winning. Um, but it's been mostly in the in the crate side of the uh, stuff, and I really foresee the same kind of success coming uh, on the super late model side. I really do. I hope you, I hope you're right on that. I, I've, um, me and my dad, man, we've worked really hard for it and I just, I just got to keep digging and uh, getting better and hopefully uh, it'll pay off. But uh, thank y'all for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, folks, uh, you can follow uh, Logan, Thug Nasty, as they call him. You can buy some of his apparel at uh, loganroberson.com. That's R-O-B-E-R-S-O-N, by the way, folks. Of course, he is the driver of the number 17, Gunner's Hunt Honey, BTS, Bobby's Towing Service, by the, by the way, RBS uh, Auto Trailer Sales, Windbridge Incorporated, Dirt Defender, Volunteer Speedway. <laughs> Hold on. Virginia Motor Speedway. Only guy that I know is sponsored by two tracks. Um, three. Uh, three. Three. Oh, wait, what's, who's the other one? Claire? Smoky no. Mountain Speedway. Smoky Mountain Speedway. Oh, heck. You, three tracks. Three tracks. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, he is uh, obviously a Rocket XR1 driver. And But uh, you can go to his website, loganroberson.com. Uh, you should have got thugnasty.com, you know? <laughs> should, should we visit that right now? No, that no. No, I'm scared. I'm scared to visit that. Yeah. Logan, thanks so much for taking some time out of your schedule, bud. All right. Thank you all. I appreciate it. Man, uh, he is such a good kid. He really is. And uh, uh, we just have so many good racers in the yeah. state of Virginia. We really, really do. Um, speaking of that, we have a, uh, our next guest is going to be uh, – well, first of all, he is on Team Racing Virginia. He was in the second class – um, of the team racing Virginia. Now we haven't had a a, uh, a, a class since the, I guess the second one. Yeah, I was gonna say that, yeah. that predates my yeah. Yeah, existence that, that's here. Before before you uh, were here, he's a 19 year old uh, late model drive asphalt late model driver, and he also works for Brandon Butler. <laughs> uh, Brandon Butler Motorsports, who uh, is uh, also um, on uh, many Tyrells, uh, another team. Uh, racing Virginia uh, driver. He's he works for him, so he all not only does he drive, but he also works on the team. And uh, he is the number uh, driver, of the number twenty two. Let's see if we can't uh, rock him up here. Of course, he is the driver, of the number twenty two, late model. Uh, he um, at age fifteen became the youngest rookie of the year in the late model division in the Southside Speedway's track history. And he continues to cut his teeth with this division. Uh, went down to Hickory Motor Speedway to get his season started after some uh, just doing some testing. Of course, he, like I said, he works 
uh, with uh, Brandon Butler over there at uh, Timmy Tyrell's uh, Mini Tyrell's uh, uh, Cars Tour uh, car. Of course, he is Grayson Culliter. How you doing, Grayson? Uh, hold on. You know, Bluetooth went kicked off. There, are you there? there ah, here we go. I knew we got him. See, the Bluetooth. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hey. hear you now. How you doing, bud? Doing pretty good. Just uh, got in my truck and uh, we're working on some tires right now on mini car. And just trying to uh, finish up some little things to head down the road tomorrow to go test them. Now the uh, uh, when now he'll be racing at a speedway here soon in the cars tour, correct? Yep, uh, racing Friday night and at Ace of Cars Tour. Yep, that's what the okay. And so when is the next time you get to get in a race car? Uh there's a very good possibility. Uh we'll be racing next week at the mission, uh, maybe. We're trying to work out some logistics on uh trying to make things work because the team I run for uh, Carol Speed Shop, they got one car going to Hickory. They were trying to figure out if we could get another car to go to another track with a different crew. So, <laughs> logistics. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, uh, I mean, as as every short track driver in the state of Virginia has had to do, man, they've had to put off the start of their season. You were able to head down to Hickory Motor Speedway for your first race, but – that's a little bit different. Normally, it would have been a fir- uh, a race somewhere here in the state of Virginia, either Southside or Dominion. Yep, yep. Uh, we just got to go to Hickory. Just, they had one car going already, and just try to get my feet back in the, the system of getting back in the car, getting my make communication down with my crew chief, Jason Stanley, again. I worked with them two years ago. I'm back with them now. So just trying to get the communication going right when we go to a track like Dominion and stop on some Yeah, you've been able to do some uh, some testing, obviously. Um, uh, how has that testing uh, uh, been? And uh, I know Hickory didn't go the way you wanted it to, but you you still had a decent finish. Yeah, Hickory, uh, Hickory is my devil of a track. I, I don't <laughs> like it. There's I, a lot of people I don't like it. Hickory. I think everybody hates it. Uh, it's got a ton of history, which is really cool about the place. But I don't like it. Abrasive, rough. But we've been testing. We tested once at Dominion, and we tested once at Langley. The test at Dominion went very, very, very good. I've never had a car that good there. I'm excited to go back there and race. Langley, we started out kind of rough, but we're really good there too. And I can't wait to go for the Hampton Heat in July. That's is still on schedule. Yeah. But I think we'll have two good shots when we go to those two tracks. Now, um, uh, what changes have you had to make in your racing because of this uh, pandemic that's been going on? And there really hasn't been much change on my end. I mean, during the year, we only talked about running three to seven races. Just, just to go to quality races instead of doing quantity races. Right. And I just... I told Brandon I would be with them for the car store the whole year, even though I might be bailing on them for the 13th to get to Dominion. <laughs> even though they're going to Hickory, which I'm like, I don't like Hickory. <laughs> so uh, we're going to, uh, I'll be ace all week this week helping them out and uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to uh, having a good run with many. 
for taking his brand new car. So we'll see what it does. Now, now for you, um, I, I'm, I know the kind of person and the kind of mentor that Brandon Butler is. Uh, what, what is it like for you to be able to work for him and also work on a team um, like uh, Minnie's uh, for, and, and going and doing this car stuff? Um, Minnie's family is awesome. Uh, his parents are wonderful to work with. Working with Brandon a couple times a week during the shop is awesome. If I have any questions on what I'm doing, I'm up to ask him take what he's shop, shop what he's doing. He'll teach me. And he's awesome to work with. He's one of the best around, working-wise and driving-wise. And I'm actually trying to convince him to get back in a race car sometime here soon. Now, for for you, what are your goals for this season? I mean, I know it's a uh, I know it's a weird year, but what are your goals for this season? Uh, goals for this year: I'm going to Dominion next week. I really, if we go to Dominion next week. I really want to win one of those two twins. I think we got a really good shot uh, with the car that Carol Speed Shop and Jason Stanley are giving me, Mayor and Billy Banks racing engines. Uh, but going on to future races, I want to qualify top 20 at Martinsville this year. I don't want to heat race because every time I heat race at Martinsville, there's no, it's always excitement. I've never been in a heat race that's calm. <laughs> And, uh, that that's Martinsville for you. Yeah. <laughs> All three years, I've had some sort of excitement. I'm trying to take the race, which I've had every year, but it hasn't been easy. Well, you know, folks, you can um, you can follow Grayson on Facebook at uh, Grayson Cullither. Of course, he is the driver of the number 22 late model. And, of course, he is still a team, a member of Team Racing Virginia. So, you know, we got to keep up with you uh, yeah. uh, uh, up on a regular basis. Once once yep. a member of Team Racing Virginia. Always a member. Always a member. Yep. So um, we want to thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to visit with us and uh, kind of let us in on on – how you as a local short track driver is, is coping with this pandemic. And uh, we, we look forward to maybe uh, even talking to you after Dominion and uh, when you pick up that win. Yes, sir. I hope I uh, get one or two or two or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't be greedy now. Come on now. Oh, I'm, I'm not. That's, 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 that's my jam there. There you go. Nice. Uh, t- folks, he is Grayson Cullither. Of course, he is the driver of the number 22 late model, um, 2015 Southside Speedway uh, Rookie of the Year. I do believe that's what it right. But uh, uh, you can see him on a racetrack near you here shortly. I'm going to tell you what, uh, he's a good kid. He really is a good kid. Talking about a good family, too. He's got a really good family. And he's an up and comer. I like. Yeah, that's the one thing I want to do more with this this show is to highlight some of the guys that haven't gotten a whole lot of of press uh, in the state of Virginia, but are still you know great little drivers and try to get them a following. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Grayson's going to go to maybe go to Dominion next week, and if he doesn't have to, if he doesn't bag on many in the cars <laughs> tour, <laughs> a lot of options. Uh, yeah, a lot of options. So, um, the, the, you know, a lot of great talent in the state, and uh, you know, you know who we? I think we need to call Brandon. Who do we need to just, call? Just off the cuff. Yeah, we just need to call the 
Vaughn Crittenden. Who's that? Who's don't that you, again? Don't you think we should call Vaughn? Huh? You didn't answer. Who? Who is that again? Oh, you know my my, my former co-host. Former former co-host. I think he's he's, and then, he's then doing he, some. And then he work here. That's right. The guy shared shared a wall with him. Yeah, you for, shared a wall. Well, actually, a shared, shared a door with yeah, him. Shared a door with him. We were we were we were basically like uh, like dorm buddies at the office. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and of course, what a year to take over as promoter of Langley Speedway. Uh boy, as soon as he gets the job, as soon as yeah. he takes the job, man, the pandemic gets in. You, you think there's a correlation or causation between the two at all? I don't know, but let, you know, let's let, let's give him a call. Let's see what's happening. Let's check in on Vaughn. Yeah, we need to make a segment, what's up, guys. Let's see. Let's let's make it a segment. Check in with Vaughn. <laughs> check in with Vaughn. <laughs> it's, 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 like it's like a doctor's podcast. Uh, I know the podcast that you you know helped start. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. That's crazy, isn't it? It is. It is. What's up, guys? Well, you know, the worst th- the thing is, it started out, it was uh, me and uh, Chuck Hall, who's yeah. at Langley Speedway. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then he takes over for Chuck on the podcast. Well, guess what he's doing? He's taking over for Chuck Hall uh, as promoter of Langley uh, at Langley Speedway. Dude, I, I feel so sorry for you because – now, soon as soon as you leave Richmond, yeah. okay, to take that job, the COVID nineteen pandemic kits in. That that can't be. That that's the worst timing ever in the in the history yeah. of, of of timing. I mean, the good news is is that I was able to get one event in. Uh, you know, we had our day of destruction at the beginning of March, which was mm-hmm. like right on the edge of everything happening. That's true. We yep. had a race. Yep. If there had been a race scheduled for the next weekend, it probably wouldn't have happened. But this is it was kind of right on that, and uh, yeah, this definitely isn't the day of destruction. The way you want to start being a promoter, right? Day, day of destruction, a nice metaphor for like, <laughs> like when the, when the pandemic kicked in. It's like, oh, okay, everything just went to, went crazy. But uh, no, how you doing? Um, yeah, with uh, you know. They're slowly opening the state back up. Uh, potential for you know, you, I think you guys had a test there. Uh, they do uh, just a, recently. They, they allow testing. Yeah. So I mean, uh, they, yeah. he he has been working a little bit. He has been. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Look, no, we're able to have uh, cars come to track right now. You know, you normally we'll probably have you know maybe like two or three a day. Um. So a little bit of activity. You know, the track is uh is rubbered up. I guess you could say that at least. It's got a little black groove set into it. Yeah, uh, that's kind of really just been it. <laughs> that is, uh, Vaughn, that is a lie because I'm looking right here at the vault, Langley Speedway's yeah. new video yeah, library, he, so he that's has, definitely not it. He's been, he's well, that, been, yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> been, he's been busy. He's been very busy. Well, yeah. well, I've been busy, yeah. No, I've had a lot of projects I want to work on, but when it comes to all track activity, yeah. Which 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 the COVID nineteen the the pandemic actually helped. Yeah, I guess you could. Uh, I guess that there's a silver lining to grab. Because let's be honest, if you were if you were having to promote races every week, the vault would have had to take a back seat for a little while. Or yeah, least, that was uh, something I kind of honestly had really stumbled on. We were doing some spring cleaning around here and, and found. A bunch of DVDs. Bunch of DVDs from previous <laughs> yeah. races. And I was like, well, I guess I could start trying to do this. 
So for anybody who doesn't doesn't know what what that is, what is uh because you just just unveiled it uh, really recently. What is the vault? Yeah, so the vault is a collection of currently over 300 races from Langley Speedway's past. Uh, right now, it's from 2010 to 2015, uh, and right now I'm working on doing the rest of converting for 2008 and 2009. So you can go back online and watch your favorite races, basically, uh, really through like the past decade or more, because we also have our past three years uh, still available on demand as well. Very cool. And in, in a time like this, like this is yeah. this is perfect, perfect content, perfect. Uh, thing to consume for people who are itching to watch any type of racing yeah. it's the same thing oh. you know obviously i haven't done it for well it, it i'll be able to transfer it, but i've been redo i've been uh re-editing stuff for facebook just to keep the fans engaged yeah. and this is a perfect way for langley to keep the fans engaged and and highlight some races on our social media of course you know how to do that don't you vaughn I do know how to do that. <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> uh, how how difficult? P- tell the people how difficult because this is not easy project. This is this is a time consuming project. It is a hugely consuming project. You know, it started off. You know, you guys almost think about how DVDs have evolved over the last decade or so. Yeah. You know, uh, the space that you could get on a DVD is a lot more now, uh, say than it was in 2009. So when I would go to convert a race night from 2015, it's one DVD. I put it in, it goes through the <laughs> process, and yeah. it fits up six races. 2008-2009, it's usually about one race on a DVD, maybe not even the full race. <laughs> and then you got to go back in and do that process a lot more. So six DVDs gets you one race night for 2008 versus one for 2015. You know, so it takes a long time that way. Yeah, and it's it's a great you, you did a great job, folks. Go to uh, Langley-Speedway.com. I guess right. Yeah, yeah. Backslash, that is, back, the, vault, backslash the vault. Um, to check it all out. Um, a lot of a lot of old school stuff, and I know I know you got you're looking for other older races. So I mean, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, probably what I'll work on next off season. Uh, we'll be really trying to get my hands on some really old stuff. I know some people out there have some VHS. VHS so, so, <laughs> yeah. so that'll be the next step in this. It'll yeah. Keep See, the, the VHS to, D, to digital is not an easy process because you literally have to f- hit the play button and let it go by itself for hours. Until it finishes. That, I mean, that's, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah, that's just, it's like pulling your nails off with tweezers that'll even take longer yeah (laughs) hey you are you are in the same position as we are at virginia motor speedway and all the other short tracks in the state uh having to kind of um i mean you guys being an asphalt track it's been a little you know you've been able to allow testing um because it's a little easier to accomplish than it is on a dirt track but um how difficult of of a start to the season has this been for you as a promoter? Well, I mean, a, a big thing what you always try to do, especially in the months leading up to the start of the season is really trying to build momentum of a new season starting. Yeah. You know, everyone's got that fresh start. Everyone's got a chance. 
everyone's kind of, you know, cooped up from winter and, you know, you're starting to feel that warm breeze again. The sun's out a little bit longer each day. You really try to just kind of build on the routine, you know, for so many people here, you know, opening day has been a, a March, April thing for decades, for generations. So you really want to play off people's kind of habits and rhythms and really take that momentum and, and you know, and use it to roll through your whole season. You know, you just, you, you kick it off at the beginning and then you have, you know, your special events sprinkled in along with your weekly shows. You just want to get people in the, the habit and the rhythm of coming to the racetrack on the weekend. And when you end up having to play this waiting game where you, you don't know what you're waiting till, uh, it's really tough. And I'm sure the way it'll work is once we do get the green light, uh, it's going to be very quickly uh, opening night. You know, it's, it's not going to be this, I know, opening day two and three months out, and I can right. make my planning for it. It's going to be hopefully two weeks out. You just don't know. It could be even less yeah. than that depending on, you know, what rules are set at what time. Yeah, the worst part is is that we're we're kind of in a in a uh, holding pattern. I mean, we're in stage or phase one, which is ten or under. Um, we already know phase two is fifty and under. the The problem with that is that's scheduled for two or four to two to four weeks, um, and you you don't know whether it's going to be two. You don't know whether it's going to be four. Um, unfortunately, uh, everything that's going on besides the pandemic right now. Um, uh, could even push stuff back further. Uh, you don't know. Um, nobody knows. Um, and we have no idea in, in the state of Virginia what phase three is going to even allow. So it it is the toughest year I have ever had at a racetrack because you have to answer the question over and over again. When are you going to do something? Yeah, you know, that, that's the big question. You know, what will each of these phases, what are the details going to be for them? You know, I, I will say I, I am a little optimistic now about phase two with what we may be able to do um, with the governor last week telling us, you know, technically we can hold events now at these tracks. Uh, you know, you just can't do it with fans, but, you know, here's the procedures. Here's how you could run a race in phase one. It's definitely not ideal. It's not how I want to do it. But uh, the fact that we are able to operate under phase one. Right makes him want to believe that there might be some easing of the restrictions in phase two, which could come as soon as this Friday. So, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm looking at that, hoping, you know, to get some good news this week. And uh, if not, you know, phase three will be right for right. And you're hoping phase three, at least the overall meaning of phase three is basically supposed to be kind of the, you know, we're basically yeah. out of the woods on this. There's not many guys. It's not so much rules as it is like guidelines and, Suggestions. So, you know, hopefully but, we'll be wide open then. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously at you know, we've made the statement at Virginia Mar Speedway, we'll we will not race without fans. Um, it just you know, the uh, I know there are some racetracks that are doing that, some short tracks, but typically typically those racetracks are getting some checks written to them by the pay per view companies to be able to for them to stream that event. Um, and, um, uh, in most cases though, if even with the pay-per-view, some of those tracks have said they've lost money and it's just, you know, as a business decision, I mean, we really don't want to race without fans. Um, that's, you know, from Virginia Motor Speedway, everybody keeps asking us when and where I said, well, once we know when and what we can do, 
then you can make a decision. You can't make a decision until then. And I know most of the short tracks in the state of Virginia are airing that position. And uh, it's it's weird to see some of these other uh, states around us, um, you know, like North Carolina, they're racing, but most of them are racing with no fans. They've decided that they want to go ahead and charge a little bit more at the back gate. We just don't want to do that. So I and and I know you guys are uh, sometimes in the same kind of boat as we are. Yeah, it's definitely a fine balance uh, trying to figure out what's the best way to open when to give in circumstances. You know, obviously, you know, we do want to race. We want to get out here. You know, I know our racers are are ready to roll, but you know, a big uh, part of what makes racing possible is sponsorship. Yep. And for sponsorship to work, you need eyeballs. Yep. So. You know, it, it's a very fine balance. You know, the pay-per-view thing is a great model. If they, you know, that's works for them. And a lot more people south of Virginia are more used to that pay-per-view model as a way of watching. Right. Races. So maybe that does work better for them out there. The, the consumer habit is already in place. You know, for us up here, though, um, it's not. You know, we've had fans' choice for years, and we got a pass this year once we get back going. But that's been a routinely free service. So I have a hard time seeing, you know, our fan base putting the effort yeah. in to say spend, you know, twenty dollars, twenty five dollars uh, when they're used to, you know, not having to pay for it at all. You know, another uh, issue that you, as well as South Boston, and as well as Dominion, um, all have is that, um, you know, normally you would be NASCAR sanctioned. But because of this pandemic and tracks not being able to uh, open up all over the country, you know, it's if you open up and you get to race, you really aren't NASCAR sanctioned. No, we wouldn't be, uh, which would definitely be, I, I can't honestly tell you, the last time we didn't have a NASCAR sanctioned event here as in a full day. But, um, you know, at the same time, you know, the drivers are here, they're competing for track points. You know, the, really the only thing, the sanctioning fee, the sanctioning, uh, not having sanctioning races would mean for our racers is in national points. Um, you know, everything else would be the same. All the rules are the same. All the procedures would be the same. Um, it just technically wouldn't be a NASCAR event. And it wouldn't count towards national right. points. Now, what's NASCAR going to do with all this once we kind of get to a point where all the tracks can open and they can go back to that program. You know, I'm not sure what that means for this year. It's definitely uh, going to change things up. I know they've talked about extending the, the national points deadline, uh, which are normally in mid September uh, to a later date, but um, we don't know what that date will be yet. So uh, the national championship definitely going to be interesting you know maybe there just isn't one this year i don't know yet yeah but uh locally here um really the only thing that would look different from a nascar race is we just won't have up-to-date banners we won't have a lot of the nascar branding that we're provided with each year uh you know the stickers on the car the contingency sponsors uh, those things would not be in place so really that's about the only thing from our side that would look different well, uh, again, we, we we were sitting here. We go, hey, we need to check check up with Vaughn Crittenden. We need to check on Vaughn. Make sure he hasn't, you know, w- w- uh, you know, doesn't have a knife at his wrist or something. You know, with, uh, you just you just got to catch up on you, man. Just got make sure everything's you know okay. I mean, that's, that that was a that was, that's a rough transition. <laughs> the COVID. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. 
trial by fire for sure. Uh, hey, just uh, hoping we can get open soon. Yeah. Just think, racing. just think though, Vaughn, it can't get any worse. I was going to say, like, it, <laughs> it, it, you get through all of this stuff, the rest is a breeze. Yeah, exa- exactly. God, I would hope so. I don't want to so, find out something that's worse than this. Yeah. yeah. Folks, again, um, Vaughn has done a phenomenal job uh, at um, creating the vault o- over at uh, Langley Speedway's website. That's langley-speedway.com and um, backslash the vault. Um, Obviously, I'm sure there's a little so, a little banner or something you can click. You, you yeah. might not even have We're to. We're working on that part of it. Uh, if anything, it's under the About Us section. Yeah, About Us. Okay. Yeah, about, uh, under the About Us. Uh, Vaughn, thanks so much for joining your old podcast and, and talking to us. We we know that you are big time now. and <laughs> you know, well, I'm editing it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got new equipment. <laughs> that's following me oh uh, all right well well listen to it now just just say this so far it's an hour and 42 minutes it's with, without <laughs> intro that's without intro so then we got to go back and do the intro so but hey thanks so much for joining us bud and and we look forward to helping cover uh langley speedway's stuff as always and we're gonna make it we're gonna i don't know if every week but checking in with yeah. vaughn yeah, we need to make whenever, that. We need to make that a segment. Whenever appropriate, make that a segment. <laughs> Absolutely, sounds good, folks. He is the uh, new promoter at Langley Speedway, Vaughn Crittenden, and former co-host of the Race in Virginia podcast. Thanks so much, bud. No problem. Thanks, guys. Thanks, bud. Man, I'm telling you what. Um, you this has been this has been two shows in one. Yeah. You you know That's that, true. don't you? Yeah. But if you're gonna if you're gonna relaunch a show, why not relaunch it? And just bam, you know. Say go big or go home. Yeah, but go big. But we've been home for a while. Now. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be home. <laughs> want to be? Uh, it, it it seems weird because normally we'd be up in the suites, yeah. but man, t- uh, today we've had to wear uh, face masks. So we had yep. to have our temperature taken. We <laughs> had to use Clorox wipes. Uh, yep. Uh, it's it's all kinds of stuff. But folks, um, don't forget to uh, follow our social media channels that. Mr. Brandon Brown has always been handling. <laughs> yeah, at, at, well, ever since I got to yeah, Richmond. At, 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 yeah, to Richmond. At Racing Virginia, we're going to have a lot of a lot of really cool stuff uh, uh, in store for you over the coming weeks, months, um, including the podcast and some more stuff. Yeah, um, that's uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook. And the Instagram. And the Instagram. Yeah. Okay. We get more content. We'll, we'll go on yeah. like TikTok and stuff too, but you don't want to see me dancing. No, no. Neither me, me either. Uh, I did go on TikTok and get Virginia VA Motor Speedway just to, yeah. ha- just to make sure I had it. Yeah. Uh, when they first started, um, so and uh, who knows? This is probably going to end up on YouTube sometime. Uh, you know, once we go, yeah. vi- once we go video, uh-huh. so just keep, you know, just uh, chime in. You know, go follow us. And uh, man, we can't thank you for check uh, checking in. Um, not sure <laughs> where. Now, I know this is going to be on the Race in Virginia website. Yep. Uh, we are going to effort to get it on other um, pod. Your, uh, on your favorite podcasting sites. Look at you. Perfect. Um, I know I'm uh, trying to put it on Spreaker because uh, I have a Spreaker account. Uh, we want, Obviously, we can go back on iTunes. We want to do Spotify. If you have a suggestion, um, you have a, a favorite podcasting um, wherever you like stream to or to wherever stuff. you like to listen to your stuff, let us know, and uh, maybe we can uh, try to make it happen on there as well. Send us a tweet. Send us a direct message on any social yep. or uh, – We'll be uh, we'll be waiting to 
answer all your questions. Folks, he is Brandon Brown, the social media expert at Richmond, not the driver. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Dave C. We can't thank all our guests, um, and we can't thank you enough for checking in. And we just want to remind you to keep racing, Virginia.